0: The Vibes! Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. As always, I am Mo and alongside me is the one and only Mr. BJ Armstrong. Real name, no gimmicks. You know it. You know it. we got a lot to talk about today, BJ. It's the business end of the season. Over the All-Star break, LeBron James dubbed this final stretch of the season as 23 of the most important games of his career. Now the Lakers had a fantastic win over the weekend. They came back from over 20 points down against the Dallas Mavericks to win. They had a fantastic game and it wasn't just LeBron. AD closed it out down the stretch. For me, Jared Vanderbilt was the player who came in and really made the big impact. But during that game, LeBron picked up an injury. Now LeBron being superhuman, he laced up his shoes and walked it off. But Upon further examination, there is now fear amongst the Los Angeles Lakers organization that LeBron James could be out for several weeks with an injury to his foot. So my question to you, Mr. BJ Armstrong is the Lakers are in a very tight race to get to the play in or the playoffs. We talked about how close the standings are out west. Do the Lakers still have a chance of making it to the postseason without LeBron James? Or is this season now one for the books?
1: But well, you know, Mo, I, I'll say what I said at the beginning of the season. You know, at 38 years of age, Mo, I don't know what to expect as far as health-wise from a 30, 38-year-old, you know, as he is playing. And he, look, he's certainly putting up amazing individual numbers, right? He's averaging over 30 points a game, blah, 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 blah. However, Mo, when you get to that stage of your career and you, in year 20, I'm not sure what to expect as far as availability. Some days you may feel good. Some days it may not. You just never know. The length of the season, the 82-game schedule, will take its toll at some point. I hope that he's able to come back and play because they are in a playoff race. And that's all you want is you want a chance to to have an opportunity to play. I believe they were currently in, what, 12th or 13th seed or what have you. And every game matters at this stage. But when you get to the when you get to the stage, you just never know. You know, youth will always be served in this league. And you try to manage father time, beat father time, however, whatever perspective you want to look at it. But, you know, Mo, I just don't know what to expect. And I've said it. I'll say it again. Just give me what you got.
0: Yep. I'll take whatever
1: you got. And he has given everything he has. That's all you can ask. Now, hopefully he's back. Because they're going to need everyone. You know, D'Angelo Russell, I thought, was
0: a that's going to hurt them. It, LeBron, yeah, he's facing an ankle it. injury to D'Angelo Russell, so yeah. he's doubtful so, for the next game. But the Lakers are currently just, 12th. Yeah, they're just three and a half games behind the fourth seed. That's how close the Western Conference is right now. The OKC Thunder, who are 13th, are only four games behind a fourth seed. So a little four-game win streak here and a four-game slide from another team could shake things on its head completely. The Lakers, you know... We can look at the numbers uh, with LeBron James this season. They're 24 and 23. Without LeBron, they're 5 and 9. But obviously, they have a new-look team. They made a lot of changes at the trade deadline. They're 4 and 1 since the trade deadline. And so now the responsibility is going to fall on the shoulders of Mr. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis with LeBron is 13 and 14. And in the games he's played without LeBron, the Lakers are 4 and 5. Even though AD has been putting up 27.8 27.8 points a game, 15.9 rebounds a night, 2.2 blocks, shooting 52% from the field, over 33 minutes in those games without LeBron James. Let's have a look at the upcoming schedule. The next 10 games for the Lakers. They play the Grizzlies twice, who are also, you know, in the Western Conference playoffs. The Grizzlies are currently sat second. But then they play the Thunder, who are right behind them in the standings. They play the Timberwolves, who are ninth, just uh, one game ahead of the Lakers. They play the Warriors, who, who are currently seventh, just two games in front of the Lakers. They play the Raptors and the Knicks out in the East, and then they come back and play the Pelicans, who are just, you know, half a game ahead of the Lakers in the standings. They play the Rockets, which should be a guaranteed win on schedule. And then they play the Dallas Mavericks, who are the sixth seed right now, just two and a half games in front of the LA Lakers. So those are some crucial, crucial matchups when it comes to the standings. How do you see them faring over those 10 games? Because LeBron is now expected to be out two to three weeks. It says indefinitely, but the team is saying around two to three weeks is the hope that he can get back onto the court. So at least those 10 games coming up, they're going to be without him for pretty much most of them. How do you think they're going to fare?
1: Well, every time you step on the floor as a, as a, as a player, and I'm sure the LA Lakers are the same, These are all winnable games. So every game that they play, they feel, especially with the talent that they have, you know, by the way, I really like the moves they've made as far as their depth and what they're doing. So if they continue to play solid basketball under coach Darvin Ham, and they continue to play their style and their brand of basketball, they have a chance to win and meaning they have to defend and rebound and share the ball with one another. They have an opportunity to win. So Does that increase their chances or their margin of error with LeBron and, 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 and D'Angelo Russell? Yes. However, I still believe that this team as is have an opportunity to win these games and you play with the mentality, you know, you hear so many coaches say this next man up. So they don't have a choice at this point right now, they have to find a way to get it done. And I believe that they have an opportunity to win these games. You know, so many teams, You know, they load manage so many teams don't play all of their guys, especially at this stage of the season. So, you know, you just play your brand of basketball and I'm looking forward to seeing the Lakers. I'm looking forward to seeing Anthony Davis, you know, Anthony Davis has missed a lot of basketball, man, but when he's healthy and when he's good, he's really, really good. So he's very, he's more than capable, right. Of taking his 27 point average to 30 something points. And you do what you got to do at this stage of the season, for them to get in because, you know, anything can happen in the play-in game. However, the Lakers feel, and their team was built to get into the playoffs. So they have to play as such and give it a good shot. And uh, I think they have a they, they have an opportunity at the, at the end of the
0: season to do that. You know, looking at Anthony Davis in particular, a lot of people have, you know, they say he's one of the 10 best players in the NBA when he's healthy or he's a top 10 talent or whatever you might phrase it as. This, LeBron described it as 23 of the most important games of his career. These might be the most important games of Anthony Davis's career looking at the future of the Lakers because LeBron's getting older as you know no one can beat father time as great as LeBron is this injury you never know what's going to happen next season and beyond so for the Los Angeles Lakers Anthony Davis needs to be that number one option now from now on and moving forwards into the future so it's going to be interesting how he reacts to that pressure and if he's available to stay on the court as well because we know with his injury history it's going to be you know it's it's going to be touch and go every time that you see him go down or whatever it might be he's not had the best luck the best fortune with injury so far someone but, go ahead go ahead yeah yeah well here's the thing you know
1: you know there's a there's a narrative saying who's the best player you know everyone wants to be the star right and i get it you know in the movies you know everyone wants to be the lead character however Every lead character or every star player knows the following, which our listeners should know. I don't care who the lead character is. I just want to have the best team. The lead character alone can't can't win by themselves. That, that, it's never happened and never will. Now, it's fun to say that. It's fun to say, now it falls on Anthony Davis. Well, you know, it's kind of like he, every star player knows that. That they can't win a game or a series or a championship by themselves. But it's fun to say, right? Yeah. So here's the thing. The thing is, I'm not looking for Anthony Davis. I'm not, but maybe most some people are. I'm not looking for Anthony Davis to carry anything. What I'm looking for Anthony Davis to do is, is to participate and play his role within the framework of the team. Because this team... They have a, a lot more depth than they had just a, a week or two ago. They have a lot more depth mm-hmm. now. You know, this kid Vanderbilt, you know, has come in. Beasley has come in. Rui Hachimara has come in. You know, they got Reeves back. They have some depth now, and they have some players that can play and contribute from night to night, whatever is available. Now, when all of those guys are healthy, I'm not looking for one guy on that roster as it's currently constructed to carry anything. That's just a, if LeBron James is still averaging 30 points with this roster, I can guarantee you they won't make the play in or the playoffs. Okay. Let's let, from my perspective. So less is more with this, with this group because Beasley and D'Angelo Russell and Vanderbilt and all of these guys should be contributing and they should be a much better team because of the, the 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 they've included more
0: active players who will participate in their rotation and, and how excellent has Jared Vanderbilt been because okay. the defensive so, intensity he showed he shut down Luka Doncic and was a re- big reason for that comeback win i think he's been now, their best pickup out of all the guys they've got
1: yeah you know thus far you know he he has been a, a really good player but they need all of these guys to contribute so I'm not looking for anyone to carry anything, you know? And when when I hear those narratives, I go, really, like, as great as Giannis is, he's not going to win without the contribution of the other guys. Jason Tatum. Look at that. that, that, Those are all of these players who are terrific individual talents. You're going to need a team. And I think the L.A. Lakers, we need to respect those guys because they're going to need – every single player now to contribute because they are in a dog fight right now literally they're in a fight every minute every second every game and they're going to need different contributions from different people at any given moment like that was a phenomenal team effort in their last game you don't come to you don't come back from 27 points because one guy you they came back because they had contributions from a lot of different players. So I think right now, all of those guys, right, whoever's available is going to have to step up. And the more guys they have available, the, the better chances they get. I I, I like their team and what they've done. I, I thought those were good trades that they made for both sides, right? For Russell, I thought it was a good trade for him. Uh, and I thought it was a good trade for the Lakers. And uh, it looked like it's working out for everyone involved.
0: If you had to predict their record over the ten games I described—the Grizzlies twice, Thunder, Timberwolves, Warriors, Raptors, Knicks, Pelicans, Rockets, Mavs, what do you think the Lakers' record will be over those ten upcoming games? Well,
1: I, I don't think they have. I think they have to go a minimum of eight and two. I think they have to play. They have to play at a very high level. There's no choice, right? It doesn't matter. They got to find a way now. Now you got to go eight and two, nine and one, 10 and zero if you can. You know, you you got to find a way. So at this stage of the game, every game matters. They've missed a lot of games due to a lot of their key players, in particular Anthony Davis. Now LeBron James, are has been out, but now they have depth. It's one thing. Mo, Mo you you and I have been together for a couple years now. You have to have talent, and you got to have depth. You've <laughs> so yeah. these teams. When you see things continue to repeat themselves, you just got to say, acknowledge this is what it is. The way the game is played today, because of the pace of the way they play, you have to have depth in order to get through the regular season. Now, 20, 25 years ago, that wasn't the case. You know, the game was slower. You played a different place. You 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 played a more team-oriented game. There wasn't as many individual clear-outs and in all of the things. Now, guys are, you know, everyone's crossing over and stepping back and pacing space and all of these things, double-step backs. The game is much faster. Therefore, it requires you to have a much deeper team because of the way the game is played. That's just what it is. Now, we could keep saying all the other things. However... We know, Mo, you and I know, our listeners know, death is probably one of the key components. Why? Because it's going to limit your opportunities to have to play guys extended minutes, which we now we know why there's load management. Okay, we, we know that. So the fine line in there is saying, okay, if a guy, a guy probably shouldn't be playing 35 minutes a night, he should probably be playing 30 minutes a night. And you're going to need death to be able to play and keep those guys healthy so that you can play throughout the season. So when guys do get hurt, like LeBron is currently injured, and we don't know how long he's going to be out, you have to play the games. So we know depth is a key component, and we know talent. And when you see teams have depth and talent, it increases their chances. Your Celtics, for instance, Jalen Brown goes out, they keep right on trucking. Chris Middleton is out, they keep right on moving you keep adding players like Jay Crowder, Joe Ingles. Those players matter. Those players. Now, Giannis will get all the headlines, but Jay Crowder, I think, is going to be a very impactful
0: player for them. Yeah. Joe Ingles is rounding into shape. Yeah, So yeah. so, so it's, it's on to not just Anthony Davis, but all the role players. But, yes. you know, speaking about that comeback win against the Dallas Mavericks, we've had another question come in from the Discord. If you guys want to have your questions answered on the show, Make sure that you get involved in the discord, which is linked in the description. Mojo Jojo 93 <laughs> says that the Mavs fans are panicking after the loss against the Lakers. Many of them want Jason Kidd to be fired. What do you guys think? Now, after that loss, Kevin O'Connor of the ringer came out and said that the Mavs had bad defense, bad depth and a bad coach. They're not serious contenders. BJ, I want to know from your perspective, what are your thoughts on the Mavericks? Do they need to make a change at that head coaching position? Or what do they need to do to turn themselves into a contending team? Because they've now got two of the best guards in the entire NBA on their roster. Okay. I I just want to stay consistent. You need talent
1: and you need depth. Okay. They traded away their best defensive player. Okay, Bo? And the kids. Dorian Finney-Smith. Okay. When you're, I don't know. I, I, I just, it just seems so obvious to me that it's not. Okay. So the easiest thing is we're going to blame somebody. No, it's not Jason Kidd. Okay. It's not, it's not coach Kidd. Why? It's because Mo, we just said here in the last segment, we need death, which they just traded away their depth. All right. They just traded away their best defensive player. And We know in this league, right, you need depth and you need talent. What with that depth and talent? You got to defend. You have to rebound and you have to share the basketball. Now, when I look at this team and the way it's been constructed, Mo, it's been a hodgepodge from the (laughs) (laughs) get-go.
0: I love that phrase. (laughs) I did not expect to hear that. A hodgepodge.
1: yeah, it's 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 been kind of you know it's just you know we're just it's like we're just doing things right. We're we're gonna just bring Kyrie in, and then what do we expect? And we're gonna bring this guy in, and then and then we're gonna take this guy out. And okay, now <laughs> roster construction is a skill, Mo. It's yes. a skill. It matters. Yes. I know no one talks about it. I, I, I know it's more fun. However, I feel an enormous responsibility. I feel an enormous responsibility to share with our listeners the absolute truth and give them the entire picture of what this league is all about. You can't win in this league without defense. You can't win in this league without rebounding. You can't win in this league without depth. You can't win in this league when, you know, they've probably played, I don't even think they've played 10 games together. Talking about Kyrie, not yet, not yet, not yet. So Mo, out of res- this isn't you know, and I know it's fun to do, right? It's fun to like, oh man, I got to blame somebody. Well, I got Kyrie, and I got this guy. Well, it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work. So, and I'm just, I'm going to sum it up by saying this: if this is if this experiment is really going to work, talking about Kyrie and. Luca. Luca. Okay. If it's really going to work, we're not going to find that out till next year. Why? Yeah. These guys haven't practiced together. They don't really know. We don't really know how to use these guys together. You got two guys who both need the ball. See, the key when you're putting together these teams is there's only one ball. Kyrie needs that ball. Luca, as great as he is, he needs the ball. Well, if they both need the ball, how are you going to construct a team where two guys need the ball? Yep, Mo. Like and, I, I hear it. And, and 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 Mo, you're not practicing now. Mm-hmm. Your 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 play calling is very limited. Why? Because you. you I got to make the game as simple as I possibly can for both of these guys. The you know I I I don't know who's their best defensive player is, but, but I know it's not Luka or Kyrie, <laughs> okay? Yep. I know, yep. <laughs> I know it's not those two guys. I know it's not those two. No disrespect, but I know it's not those two guys. Your bigs, how are you going to play with these guys? Because you can't have a post-up. Why? Because you need the lanes open so that those guys can be Kyrie and Luka. But that probably means you probably won't have any shot blocking on the other end because, you know then how are you going to play with your shooters? Well, your shooters are probably nine times out of 10, aren't your best defensive players. So mo, all of this is going, as I'm watching, I'm going, they're just probably playing on talent right now, which is let's keep the game real simple. Put those guys and try to stagger their minutes where they can both have the ball in at least for 24, 25 minutes a night, depending on who has it going between Kyrie and what's the name. And then you put other players around them. So the lip, the,
0: Jason Kidd and his staff are very limited what they can do. Well, I think the worry from a lot of Mavs fans is some of the quotes from Jason Kidd, for example, he came out after the Lakers lost and he said, "Um, oh, actually before the Lakers lost, I think, he said, I'm not the savior. I'm not playing. I'm just watching. As a team, we need to mature. We need to grow up, which is very similar to what he used to say whenever the Milwaukee Bucks used to lose when he was coaching them. So I think that's the reason why you know, Mavs fans are not happy because of Jason Kidd's response to the bad play from well, his team I, I, and having will, the excuse of we're a young team, we're immature, when that's not actually the case. Well, OK,
1: that's not the case. However, it is the case when you keep changing the roster. Like, what do you want him to do right now? What are you OK, what do you want him to do? Defensively, what do you want him to do with this roster? What can he do? He doesn't have, we both, we all know in this league, defensively, two things has to happen. One, you got to have a rim protector. Or two, you have to be able to defend on the perimeter by switching or having multiple defenders who can defend on the perimeter. Because three-point shooting is a real thing. When I say it's a real thing, Mo, you have to defend the three-point line. Okay. He doesn't have either one. So what do you want him to do? Like, I'm just being honest here. I'm not like blaming anyone.
0: I'm yeah. just you're, calling you're it like right it is. In, you're right in the sense that we're not going to figure it out until next year. But exactly, Kyrie Irving is not guaranteed to stay in Dallas next year. He's a free well, that, agent in that, the summer. And if it's looking promising, yeah, then
1: yeah. Management, so the management, yeah, management is to blame
0: rather than well, the coaching staff blame or the players. Anyone, listen, well, the fans you are always looking for someone to
1: blame. Yeah, that's fine. But here's the truth. The truth of it is when you have an opportunity, like you just saw with Kevin Durant, when you have an opportunity to get talent, okay, I'll say it again. You need depth and you need talent. Kyrie Kyrie Irving is as great of a talent as you can get. You got to do what you got to do to get him. However, when you get the talent, then you have to figure out the next part, how to get enough talent or players, or and I refer to it as depth, around him to complement the talent. Well, Mo you trade somebody at the trade deadline, it's impossible to do that. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) (laughs) So so the fans can say whatever they want to say. You can do whatever you want to do, and we can blame whoever we want to blame. You can have an opportunity to get Kyrie, you get him. And then you live with that and say, okay, now once the summer comes and free agency and the draft and all the things that you can add to this group, Now you're talking. You Mm got to get Kyrie. You got to do what you got to do. I can't fault them for not getting Kyrie. But right now I'm saying, okay, now we're seeing the gaps in their team. Mo, they should feel bad for losing a 27-point lead. But, Mo, you and I both know and our fan base knows you can't win in this league without defending. Who thinks that the Dallas Mavericks are a good
0: defensive team right now? Raise your hand. The good news, the good news for the Mavericks is that Maxi Kleber is returning. So he adds a defensive presence. He can block some shots. And on offense, as you said, he doesn't need post-ups. He spaces the floor as a shooter. So that should help them. But we're only going to be able to tell. I really do hope that they can keep winning and make it to the playoffs because we spoke about this yesterday. Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic in the playoffs. That's must-see TV. We're going to end the show with this though, BJ. We're going to play a little game. It's a game called Start Bench Trade. A a long time ago, before you and I ever met, I used to do a podcast with my friend Lawrence and and another one of my friends, Gianni, and we used to play this game on a podcast and the listeners loved it. So I thought, let's bring it back. Mm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you three players and you have to tell me that if you were in charge of the organization and you had these three players on the roster and you were forced to only put one in your starting lineup, one coming off the bench, and one traded, what you would do with those three. You get it? Okay. We'll try. We'll, we'll try. try. We'll try. So, BJ Armstrong, start bench trade. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joe Embiid, and Nikola Jokic. Who are you putting where? Well, I
1: can't, I you know, I, I can't help but look at it from... You know, if I were scouting these players, I can't help it. Like I, yeah. I, I get your game and I,
0: I can't help it. I can't help it. Definitely. You've got these three on your roster and you've got to make a decision. Which one of those three are you picking to be in your starting lineup?
1: Okay. The, my starter is, is Giannis without question. Right? He, Tell me it's, why. It's, I agree. Well, when I look at the way the game is played today, he's the most versatile out of all the players, right? I, when I'm building a team, I'm always looking at how many players I'm getting with one player. Meaning, I'm getting an offensive player. Let's let's put him at the 4. He's not only an offensive player at the 4, he's also a defensive player, so that's two players. He can play the 5. That's four players. He can play the 3 on both sides, okay? Now, I got six players. And I would argue, <laughs> I would argue that he can play both sides at the 1. He's eight players. Okay, he's the most versatile player. Okay, and I know his only blemish in his game right now is his ability to consistently shoot. So he may not be a two on the offensive end, but he for sure is a two on the defensive end. (laughs) He's every position on the defensive end. Okay, So he's nine players. He's nine players with one. So I would look at him and say, the way the game is currently played, he is the most versatile player because he will allow me to do something that the other players can't do. I can actually switch every position and defend yep. the perimeter. <laughs> and I can rim protect with just one player. Yep. There's only so many players that could do that. So I, I, I think can't help only but There's only Giannis Yes. So Giannis, you know, Kawhi Leonard, for instance. You know, you could argue.
0: There, there's some players I mean, out there. Maybe a prime Tremont Green. Yeah, yeah you know, there's know, a few guys. But Giannis, yeah, you know for sure, I mean, it has to be the star. I think he's the best of the that's three. That's he's, that's, he's yeah. for me, okay. is the best player in the world, now, defensively and offensively. So now you're left with two guys. I'm left with Which two Which one of them, Joel Embiid or or Nikola okay. Jokic? Who are you bringing off your bench? So, the other one will be moved off your roster. Okay. So here's the thing. Talent-wise,
1: there's no question it's Joel Embiid. Okay. But I have to also understand the main theme always has to be the main theme, which is 82 games. Mm-hmm. See, the, your core of what you do, you have to build a team that will win in the playoffs, and you use the 82 games to practice how you're going to actually win. See, the, the, the core of roster construction is you don't build a team that plays one way in the regular season and then say, well, we got to slow the game down in the, in the postseason. No, you build a team that can win in the playoffs and we're going to utilize the 82 games to practice that. So when we get to the playoffs, we'll be prepared for it. So availability matters. So now when I say availability, suddenly now I can understand the value of Jokic. He may not be able to do the same things talent-wise as Embiid, But his availability now brings me to a real discussion. So now we start looking at things on how to build a team. Now, why does roster construction matter? Because you have to do three things. You have to defend. I think the best defender is Joel Embiid. Out of those two. Out of those two. The, The best rebounder.
0: You can argue I think it's a toss-up for the best rebounder. It's, it's never okay. about equal on the rebounds. You can, you,
1: can, you can argue. And then when you say passing, without question, without question, the best passer is Jokic. Okay. Yes. So now you got a real discussion here. You have a real discussion because you're looking, you're going, now if Joel Embiid played the same amount of game, let's say they both played 82 games, you probably would – tilt Joel Embiid. You probably would tilt just because of the athleticism and defensively, we know he would complement. he would
0: complement Giannis better. However, I, the real I, concern I, here, go ahead. I, I don't know because I, when I think about complementing Giannis, right, when you look at Joel Embiid, he needs to get those post touches, which means he's on the inside. Giannis's skill set is not playing with a big that plays on the inside. If you look at Brook Lopez, how he's evolved from an inside player a three-point shooter. Joel Joel Embiid, whilst he's good at shooting the three, Jokic shoots that at much higher efficiency. Add to the fact that, think about how beautiful the passes that Jokic to Giannis would be. The amount of alley-oops that Giannis would be able to catch. Giannis would be able to cut at any time and have the ball delivered perfectly to him. So in terms of a fit on the offensive side of the ball, I prefer having the fit of Jokic coming off the bench and then playing alongside Giannis more than I would prefer the fit of having Embiid, because when Embiid played with a player who wasn't a strong shooter, but could attack on the inside and was a strong defender in Ben Simmons, everyone complained about the fit. So I would argue that Jokic is a better fit with Giannis than Joel Embiid would be.
1: I have no problem with that. However, for me, I'm always going to address the defensive side of the ball first, because if I don't score and you don't score, the score is zero yep. zero. Yep, yep, we know this. And, and I know if whoever Jokic is playing, I know I'm going to include him in every screen role. And I also know that there's only two ways in today's game to defend. You have to rim protect, which Jokic is not. And I have to be able to play on the perimeter, which those are, that's just a fact. It's that's no, correct. The, that's, the, that's correct. But I'm going from it.
0: the lens of Giannis is that good he can cover up the mistakes of a Jokic on the defensive side. So even if they are involving him in a screen role, Giannis is there as that last line of defense to play the help defense and protect the rim. So okay. and that's, that's, and that's the fine. way I'm He's there. through the lens. But He's I, there. I know where you're means, coming from.
1: But that. But again, that's what I want. If I'm playing against you, I'm saying, okay, I know I'm going to include Giannis, include Jokic. I'm going to drive the ball and Giannis is going to be there. And now I'm going to put Gian, Giannis's man, For the corner three which we know is the highest percentage shot and there's no way for you to rotate to that guy so Mm -hmm. okay so now i know that that shot is available for me for 48 minutes in the playoffs
0: and as long as i do you consider brooke lopez a good perimeter defender what i consider brooke lopez is a rim protector Yeah, so why do teams why do teams not just drag Brook Lopez out and put him in every screen roll action? Because okay, that's a phenomenal question. It's because
1: what we do when you have a rim protector like a like a Brook Lopez, you you funnel your offensive player to our player. So if you ever watch the two best defensive teams in the league, we're really the three best defensive teams in the league. Talking about your your Boston Celtics, okay, they have a shot blocker by the way. They always funnel towards the middle. They never get beat baseline.
0: Yeah, and they also do a great job of pre-switching. So even when Rob Williams' man comes up to set the screen, they'll pre-switch that so that Rob Williams stays low and can be in a help defensive position. Okay, so the reason you don't want to go baseline is because when you go
1: baseline, now you get into what's called a pre-rotation. You want to be able to not rotate as much as, as possible. So meaning you don't want Rob Williams to just unnecessarily switch onto a point guard. For what? So if you ever watch the Celtics play, which you always do, you funnel and you play defense and you funnel and you go behind. You call it chasing. You chase from behind. The deep Now, when you chase from behind, the counter to that now is you see got these guards, they always try to put somebody on their hip. Because most yeah. teams, the bad defensive teams, they switched that unnecessarily. And now you have a, a five-man guarding a point guard. The Celtics, the, the Cavaliers, and the Milwaukee Bucks, who we're talking about, they chase over. And when they chase, now you can't do a step back move. And now you have to either shoot a floater or a runner. Contest it, by the way. And Brooke Lopez's job is to play cat and mouse to either contest that shot or contest the big who has to roll or pop. Yeah. Okay. But most teams don't chase over. The reason they don't, you can't switch on Brooke Lopez is because the guard is always chasing. So if you ever watch the Milwaukee bucks, this guy drew holiday, he chases and then he gets back into position to defend again. He gives you multiple efforts on every defensive possession. Marcus smart. Does the same thing. Jason Tatum now is doing that. And I'm going, oh, wow. Listen, watch this guy. When you start seeing your best players giving multiple defensive efforts, now you're saying something. So the reason Brooke Lopez is so valuable is because while your job, Grayson Allen, is just to stay at home on, let's say, Jalen Brown, Brooke Lopez has to give three defensive efforts on every possession, he has to play cat and mouse with that guard. Once they run the screen roll, he's he's either he's going cat and mouse. He has to defend whether the guard shoots it or he passes it to his guy on the roll action. And then he has to finish the possession by rebounding the ball on one possession. There aren't many bigs that are, are in condition enough to give you three defensive efforts on every single possession. This guy, brooke Lopez gives you 3 efforts on every possession. Yeah. That's a, so that, that's that's why he's so good. But that's why. That's why I'm saying So if we
0: get back to it, who are you putting who are you having coming off the bench? Jokic or Embiid? Right, I have to have I have to have Jokic
1: because of his availability. Availability matters. Yeah. I have to be available. Okay, so again, you can you can you can say, well, what if Joel Envy should be the most dominant player on that list? But because of availability, not because of talent, I have to have players on the floor for 82 games and live with what they do and what they don't do. There should be no doubt in my mind if Jokic and Envy played together, they would
0: that team would win a minimum of 65 games. (laughs) Yeah. I think any combination of the two of the three would automatically become the best team in the league. Like, all three of them are so great. they, 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 They all are. However, however,
1: Giannis and Joel Embiid, look, offensively, it matters now in this league. Without question. However, if I could play against a Jokic team as a coach, I know I can, get, I can get the shots that I want. If I'm that's playing against it. a Joel Embiid team and a Giannis team, I got a serious problem.
0: Yes, that's, that's right.
1: that, 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 You follow what I'm saying? I'm just looking at the game technically. Jokic is a beautiful player. This isn't like, I'm just looking at what it is you can do. You got a game plan against these guys. I know right now that if I put Joel Embiid and, and Giannis on the same roster, on the same team, I could funnel my entire defense to take away all threes and you can't attack me at the rim. Now, do I think I could devise another defensive scheme to complement what that Giannis and Jokic can do? Absolutely. Don't get me wrong here. This isn't like a (laughs) drop-off. I'm just saying, naturally, <laughs> it's a good
0: problem to have. It's a good, it's a good problem to have. So, so we're okay. gonna, we're gonna go with starting Giannis, bringing Jokic, off the, bring bench Jokic bench off the bench, and is gonna be traded. And if MB ever was traded, it would be a historic trade yeah, package. Let me yeah, just say that right now. and only
1: and yeah. only reason with MB, the only okay. reason with MB is because of his availability. He's had some issues, which that's that's. A, That's a, you know, that's a, a, it's a concern. That's just, it is what it is. However, as I'm saying, this is a, I would, I'm hoping to show our audience what happens in these war rooms when people are discussing, because these are difficult decisions. Like, I'm not sure that's the right thing to do, but based on what it is, you have to be available. Availability does matter. And if there's one thing that you as much as, you know, you love talented players, if they're not available. Yeah. And you're and saying availability and it matters. So I would, what's my smidgen?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it. It. too close. It's too close to call, too but close to call. credit to Embiid. He has been more available in recent seasons, but yes. let us know, yes. let us know on social media, who you guys would start bench trade out of those three guys. And if you want to have your players, three players selected for a game of star bench trade, which was actually very insightful. Um, let us know in the discord, as I said before, the link is in the description of this show. Thank you guys for tuning into another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. BJ, thank you for imparting your wisdom on us as always, make sure you don't go anywhere because tomorrow we'll be back with more talk from around the NBA. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Make sure you're subscribed. We're putting videos on YouTube. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're everywhere. Follow along. Brand new TikTok account at Hoop Genius Podcast. Check that out for the best bits of the podcast. Make sure you don't miss any of the action. We'll be back with more. And most importantly, get buckets.